The World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series Championship fight has been blown wide open. We'll get into that, plus a big win for Lance DeWeese, Dennis Herb Jr. clinches, and we had more Droop Rule drama. Let's go. It's Monday, October 24th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Just when we thought that Brad Sweet was on the cusp of World of Outlaws Championship number four, we got a dramatic turn of events on Saturday night at Williams Grove for the National Open. Sweet was the final car to transfer out of Heat Race 1, and he was already set to start pretty deep in the main event from 17th. With gravel in the dash, the night was really going to need to be about damage minimization, but that all went out the window on lap five. Out of turn four, Sweet broke a rear axle and spun to a stop on the front stretch. In the work area, crew members descended on the car, but a broken rear axle isn't something you can normally get done in just two minutes, and that was the case on Saturday. They needed to basically replace the entire rear end and reconnect all of the suspension, which was just too much to get done. Sweet's stricken at Napa 49 was still in the infield when the race went back green. The DNF and the 27th place finish snapped a 166 race streak of finishing every main event and 5,461 consecutive completed laps. Those stats are thanks to the World of Outlaws. Last time you finished that far back in a main event was actually at the Grove in 2018. And if we go back through the 2017 season, all of those races, Brad has only finished outside the top 28 times in 427 appearances, something like 1.8% of races. So that 27th place result combined with Gravel's fifth place finish means the difference between the two contenders is only 16 points with three nights at World Finals left. Going to Bra uh, back to Brad Sweet's win at Sharon on September 24th, the gap between the two was 96 points. So in just six races since, Gravel has knocked 80 points out of Sweet's advantage. Looking ahead, 16 points is about eight positions, uh, if you figure two points per position. Divide that over three nights, 2.67 positions per night that Gravel must beat Sweet on average to pull even for the championship. And something to keep in mind, though, is that the winner actually gets four points, uh, four more points than second, then it's two points per position after that. So first, uh, between first and second is four points. If Gravel could get a win or two at World Finals, he could cut that lead down even quicker. And I bring that up because the driver of the big game two has won five times in the last 14 races at Charlotte, including four of the last six. If you go back to World Finals in 2019, the only other drivers to win at Charlotte are Logan Schuhart and Brent Marks. Gravel also has a slight edge in the average finish stat at Charlotte, with Sweet trailing him by about eight tenths of a position. This will not be a situation where Sweet can just come in and cruise to the title. Gravel will be full send all weekend because there's no reason not to be. And Sweet will have to try and match the best he can to try and maintain that pace. Uh, as for the National Open, Lance DeWeese officially led all 40 laps on Saturday night to score the $75,000 win and his fifth career Natty Open title. DeWeese started from the pole and was chased throughout the race by second starting Brent Marks. Marks actually took the lead before 10 laps to go, but the move was then negated when a caution flew for a crash involving Geo Selzy, Brock Zierfoss, and TJ Stutz. With DeWeese winning Mark second and Anthony Macri third, it was a posse sweep of the podium. Spencer Baston was the highest finishing outlaw full-timer in fourth. The balance of power in central Pennsylvania really shifted this season. Posse drivers won four of five at the Grove and two of three at Port Royal. 
And Deweese isn't done just yet with the Outlaws. Don Kreitz tweeted this morning that we will see them at Charlotte for World Finals. One other note here from Williams Grove, Danny Dietrich earned the track championship for 2022 with his eighth place finish on Saturday. And while one uh, Outlaw Championship battle has been blown wide open, the other has come to a conclusion. Three weekend top four finishes for Dennis Herb Jr. have closed out the 2022 World of Outlaws Late Model Championship for that team. He'll basically just need to show up at World Finals to get the title. His closest challenger was Tanner English, uh, but a 25th place finish last night at US 36, thanks to some broken uh, uh, right front suspension bits, have ended his bid for the title. English had looked pretty secure for that second place in points and the Rookie of the Year award, but that's now up for grabs too, with Max Blair only 20 points out headed to World Finals. On Friday night at Humboldt Speedway in Kansas, it was all Chase Youngins out front. It was uh, his first outlaw win since Red Cedar in 2019. Saturday at 81 Speedway, Brandon Shepard held off challenges from Billy Moyer Sr. and Ryan Gustin to lead flag to flag and earned his fourth outlaw win of 2022. And he did it behind the wheel of his B5 machine. Obviously, we're going to see that a lot more going forward. Sunday at US 36, Tyler Bruning and Youngins each led uh, through the first 25 laps, but four starting Mike Marler took the lead from the shop quick 18 in lap traffic and drove off to the victory. Marler also has four outlaw wins on the year. Marler has been very streaky, it seems like, this season. Uh, so just like the Sprint Car Series, three nights are now left uh, in the season uh, with World Finals on tap at Charlotte coming up next week. On last Tuesday's Daily Show, I did some quick math to try and estimate Matt Shepard's winnings for the season in Northeast Modified Action. On a low estimate, I had him probably in about the 400,000s for the year, but some of you pointed out that he's actually won quite a bit more than that. And that figure grew even more substantially over the weekend at the Orange County Fair Speedway. Friday night in the Short Track Super Series hard clay finale, Shepard did get beat late by Anthony Perego, but still finished second and wrapped up the North Region Championship. And on Saturday in the Eastern States 200, he got around Stuart Friesen with six laps to go and picked up yet another crown jewel victory and another $40,000. With another short track Super Series race still to go and three nights at World Finals, Shepard, I think, could easily get into the mid 600,000s and maybe more than that before the year is over. It's been an absolutely incredible season for Matt Shepard, and it just continues to roll along. Out in California at the Trophy Cup, Ryan Timms and Tyler Courtney picked up the Thursday and Friday prelim show wins. Zeb Wise went to victory lane in the Saturday night finale in the Redeem 26. The Trophy Cup Championship went to Shane Golubic, who went 20th to 3rd in the Saturday main event and outscored Corey Day and Tyler Courtney in the weekend points. I do think it's a little strange with Trophy Cup where you've got guys, you had basically three different winners all weekend and then somebody else winning the championship. The way the kind of points work, I wish that Saturday night was maybe worth a little bit more points. So you had a guy like Golubic you know, would have to kind of win to maybe win the championship as well or something like that. It's like, it's weird kind of having those two different victory lanes there, but let me know what your thoughts are about that one. Uh, not dirt racing, but the Silver Crown Championship battle ended quietly on Saturday as well uh, at IRP. Logan Seavey entered the finale with a three-point advantage over Cody Swanson, but there was no epic fight to the finish here. Seavey went out of the race on lap 12 when his oil pump belt broke uh, and that handed the championship to Swanson. It's the seventh Silver Crown Series championship for Swanson in his career. He actually led 65 laps of the race, but ended up finishing fourth at the end with his brother Tanner taking the victory. And at Port City on Saturday night for the KKM Giveback Classic, it was Northeast micro racer Kyle Spence who took the victory and chose the Chili Bowl ride with Keith Coons Motorsports instead of the $15,000 check. So he'll get the ride and $7,500. Spence started second and outdueled Steven Snyder Jr., Frank Flood, and Cannon McIntosh for the victory. So we'll see him in January in Tulsa. We'll see what he can do in a Keith Coons midget inside the expo. 
In other weekend late model racing, we had a few notable winners. Hunter Fronts Joseph Joyner actually took the biggest paycheck of the weekend. He won uh, the Crate Late Model Powell Family Memorial at Alltech. Uh, he held off Corey Hedgecock at the end of that one for $27,000. Jeff Ryan was a $22,000 winner at Bedford for the Keystone Cup. And Bobby Pierce won $10,000 at Florence in the Fall 50. And that was after early leader Josh Rice had issues with a lap car. Before we close out, I have to mention the ultimate late model show from Saturday night at Cherokee Speedway. It's actually just down the road here from where I live. Uh, we've talked about the Ultimate Series a few times uh, here recently, and uh, we had drama yet again. Brandon Overton was the winner at the checkered flag, and afterwards, the top finishers headed to the infield for the droop check. It was something, though, like seven or eight minutes from the time they got to the check until we watched Overton drive his Wells 76 out of the track and back to the trailer. So pretty clear sign that he was not the winner. It was then another couple of minutes before we knew that it was Ross Bales who was the $10,000 winner. Overton DQ'd over failing the droop rule, so Bales your winner over Clay Knight and Trent Ivey. Zach Mitchell's sixth place finish was good enough for him to clinch the series title. And at least this wasn't Ricky Weiss at Eldora getting DQ'd after going to victory lane, but I hate that it took 10 minutes after the checkered before we had an answer on who the winner was. It's such an awkward ending to the night when things go like this. And I know I want things to be fair, but there has to be a better way to do this post-race tech stuff where we're not just sitting around on our hands waiting to see who the damn winner is. The only thing on the streaming schedule today is a Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. Please hit that like button and subscribe to the show if you do not do so already. Uh, there, I have this crazy stat, and I've mentioned this a few times, but of all of the people that view my show on a daily basis, something like 65% of you don't subscribe to the show, which I certainly appreciate you watching. But if you want to make sure you get to see all future episodes, hit that subscribe button. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. Dirt Tracker Daily.